Do you struggle with what it means to be successful in your retirement? Trust us, you're not alone. Welcome to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. Here, you'll go in-depth with Guidance Point Advisors Investment Consultants to hear stories about how retirees in Maine are navigating a successful retirement. Get insight into the inevitable challenges of aging and define what a successful retirement looks like. Welcome, everyone, to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. My name is Ben Smith. Allow me to introduce my co-host, the Lost Kitchen, to my primo, Curtis Wister. How are you doing today, Curtis? All right. I'm doing well, Ben. Doing well. So, we, of course, when you, when you start throwing out names like Lost Kitchen and Primo, you know, I'm, I'm pretty hungry to start, right? Yep. So, I'm, I'm yep. already hungry. And there's one thing that you and I both agree upon is that we are really both passionate about really great food. Yes. Right? And, that and that's probably bled into our show here a little bit, right? Is every, mm-hmm. we've had our travel expert, Carrie Forberger, Heatherman on. So we've gone through that with episodes 3, 32, and 70 about mm-hmm. traveling and introducing food into your travel mix and building your itinerary around it. Yeah. Episode 59, we had the creator of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, yep. David Page, right? That was a so good one. Yep. Talking about really how to experience food and kind of some tips and tricks about going out to restaurants and uh, kind of what to order, what not to order. Mm. But one area that we really haven't gone to is how to experience the best of the best foods in our own backyard, the state of Maine, yeah. right? And that's what we wanted to have a show about. So I know after we get done this episode, <laughs> I'll have a much better idea of what I'm going to do for lunch today. That's right. That's right. So obviously, Ben, uh, you just kind of teed it up there. We w- really want to talk about food in the state of Maine. So I can't think of a better guest than uh, who we have on our show today. We have actually the Maine foodies. So they are food bloggers that have been documenting their Maine food adventures as a hobby since 2020. The Maine foodies live in Portland, Maine's art district and are passionate about supporting their local Maine restaurants, bars, and farms across our beautiful state. So they're continuously seeking the best food and drink experiences Maine has to offer. Uh, Their content on their website, so Instagram and TikTok, uh, along with their website, have been connecting their audience to inspiring food and travel experiences across the vacation land and beyond. Um, And when I say that they're connecting, I I mean it. Their content reaches uh, 460,000 people and about 24,000 interact with their stories on a monthly basis, which is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, along the way, they've partnered with Duncan, Maine Spirits, Oakhurst Dairy, Stonewall Kitchen, the White Barn Inn, and Wild Blue, Wild Maine Blueberry Weekend. So you yourself can join their uh, 27,000 and growing followers on Instagram and TikTok by searching for uh, the Maine foodies. So with that, please join me in welcoming Alexis and Eric Dirkmat to the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. Guys, thank you so much for coming on our show today. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here. Yeah. Thanks, Curtis. Thanks, Ben. Yeah. Looking yeah. Forward to well, and I got to say, just first thing, you have our permission, pause our show, right? Just hit pause. <laughs> Go to Instagram, go to TikTok, right. search the main foodies right now. Look, because I want you to be looking at what, what Alexis and Eric are coming up with, right? So I want you to be able to see some of the things we're going to talk about here. So go follow it, bring up your phone, and let's uh, let's kind of get it, get into it. But the first part, we always start our show, is we always want to hear a little bit more about you both, right? So love to hear about your story, where you're both from, and what brings you to Maine. I love it. Yes. Happy to dive in. So I think first and foremost, we get this question a lot. Um, And so we just want to put it out there. We are definitely from away. So we have a very strong affinity (laughs) for Maine and absolutely love Maine, but we are not uh, Mainers, I guess, by definition. uh, A true Mainer would be quick to point out. But we, I grew up in Connecticut. Yeah. And I grew up uh, down South in Tennessee. Okay. And we both moved to Maine officially um, in 2020. And that's really when we started the Maine Foodies was right after moving up here. Um, but my my family has lived in Maine for a while now. Um, so it was, it was a great kind of homecoming to be closer to them. And gosh, it was back in 2016, but we did get married in Maine. So definitely have always felt that Maine connection. So your married life is from Maine. Let's let's kind of put there you that go. Right? There you go. That's yeah. Yeah. Yes, we'll okay. go with that. <laughs> so, 
so the follow-up question, right? So here we go. All right, it's 2020. There might be a little something that might have happened in 2020, well, right? Yes, yes. And here you guys are, are looking at, um, at food and thinking about food. And you say, I want to just start a social media account that's dedicated to our food experience, which, by the way, 2020 was a very weird food experience such a weird Era, food right? experience here, right? I so, know. And it's, it's funny. So we actually started off, um, I think really, I don't know that we would have been here or not without the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it's really um, interesting. We we found ourselves officially in Maine now and just clamoring to try, of course, the lobster rolls, which I know we'll probably get into more in a little bit. But we were, um, we're like, you know, we've got to get around and try we've got to find the best lobster roll basically. Um, so we started kind of documenting that amongst ourselves in the, it, right when COVID hit, we, we actually made like an Excel spreadsheet and we, <laughs> we started, you know, what is it? The, um, like the, the atmosphere of the place, which was a little hard to judge at the time being sure. everything cheap out, but the components of the lobster roll, et cetera. Um, and then from there, we just kind of said, I don't know, let's start sharing this. And I feel like that's where it was born. What would you say? Yeah, and so you'll see in our page, if you scroll back, a lot of takeout boxes. So <laughs> yeah. Look, appetizing. So we're really thankful that the restrictions have lifted and that we're able to get back to some more sense of normalcy and exploring the state and, and being back in person because that really is, yeah, that's in my true. opinion, the best part. <laughs> That's true. Those those early photos were like, how do you make a takeout box look really cute? <laughs> <laughs> we have this color styrofoam. We got some plastic. No, no, that's so great. Um, so so fast forward a little bit, right? You've been doing this now for pretty much two full years. Here we are at the end of 2022. Incredibly. Was it surprising to you both kind of the growing reception you've gotten and have been getting still uh, about the, the food in Maine experience? Well, it, it's funny, you know, when you put content out on the internet, you know, we started off doing it for ourselves, you know, documenting mm-hmm. almost like a diary of our experiences. But we found through that documentation, that process, that food is really that universal connector, yeah. right? People yeah. have memories of different places they go. Everyone can needs to eat. And so, yeah, we, we've had a great following, great interaction. We love getting recommendations from our followers and it's been fun to kind of grow that community. Yeah, I think it's very much a common language. So mm-hmm. we found that, you know, kind of regardless of folks' backgrounds or, you know, kind of their walks of life, you can really kind of connect over food. And I think Eric brings up a good point. It's been fun as it's continued to grow to even have more of that two-way dialogue. And so, you know, we know folks look to us for recommendations, but we also know that there's a lot of great recs that other folks have. Yeah. So been really fun to kind of you know throw something out there like hey we're going to this area or we're looking for this type of cuisine does anyone have any recs and it's been amazing what we get back as well that's awesome nice well because I, I know um, when we had david page on from diners drivers and dives one of the things that he's saying about the success of that show right was that people like to eat with their eyes right is that they they really can kind of they, they see it and they can start smelling it. They can start hearing it. They can really start kind of visualizing the the food experience. So, which obviously I will say just from kind of my own observations that I don't think anyone has captured the way you guys have in terms of yeah. kind of that same experience of it. And I know obviously from like my own personal experience, my wife is a big Disney fan, right? So we watch the Disney food blog and like what's going on at Disney with the food scene. And, but that's part of our experience because it's, it's part of our vacation. And, and if we have good ideas on food, then those are things that in the moment don't become stress points, right? They don't become things that we argue about. Oh, I feel like Chinese. I feel like pizza. I, uh, that burger looks, what do we do? And we have mm-hmm. finite options and that becomes stress points. Yeah. So, so that's where it just feels like that's a natural outlet for a place where people vacation a lot to, especially in the summer to ease. And I, I could, I, you know, I, I don't know this. I didn't do a scientific survey, but it feels like that, that there's a lot of reason why that would grow because of that. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. It's funny. We get a lot of requests from folks that, you know, I think Maine is kind of having a moment in general in the travel space. It's very hot right now, right? It's a destination that a lot of people probably have on their bucket list. So we definitely get um, followers that'll reach out and say, you know, I'm coming to Maine for the first time. And they really are planning that whole travel experience around the foods to try. So I think, you know, the video based content that we do put out there, it's pretty easy for folks to not only say, wow, this is kind of the, the style of place I'm looking to go but also specifically the dish, right? Or what it is they're going to order at a place. So agreed 100%. 
So Curtis kind of talked about your evolution and asked you about the, the last two years that you've captured. So let's fast forward here, right? Is you guys are working, right? This isn't your, you know, this isn't the, the, the paying the bill stuff. So how does, how does your food blog evolve? Is it just, is it kind of like, Hey, this is still our hobby and kind of, or is this something where you feel like you're getting sponsorship and sponsored content? Does this grow even more? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're working on retirement. Um, <laughs> right. Maybe a couple more years away from that. Um, but no, Alexis and I both have uh, full-time jobs and, and, you know, putting out this content, part of it is the experiences that we like to have. So we are going out to eat. We are taking vacations and we're bringing our followers along with us. So that's still a natural fit. Mm. Um, but as it starts to grow, I mean, the, the possibilities could be endless. You know, if, if people like what we're doing and, and see value in it. I mean, it's exciting and we do want to keep doing it. So um, I'll answer your question by who knows. Um, <laughs> we're ready to, to go along on the ride. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So again, obviously kind of the core of our conversation today, we just really want to talk about Maine and the food scene in Maine, some of the best foods in Maine. Kind of a, a first question we like to ask when we get into things, we just love to build this like foundational knowledge. So I want to ask you guys, how would you describe Maine food, right? What is it that makes Maine f- the Maine food seed uh, unique? I can start us off. I think um, it's very much locally centric. So when we think about kind of food across the state, I mm. think it's very connected to, you know, where all the ingredients come from, whether that's farms, whether that's from the coast and the sea, uh, whether that's from the oysters that are being grown in some of the rivers. It's mm. just got this very, very... Um, core tie back to a sense of place. Mm. I think we always feel that. Um, And I think that's unlike a lot of other places in the country where you go to visit. You know, there's, I think there's some of those foods that you just unanimously equate with the state of Maine, right? I think I have an oyster, a craft beer, a lobster, like it's very, very iconic. And I think another interesting thing is our connection to the chefs here. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I'd say folks are starting to understand more and more the different chefs behind some of the more award-winning restaurants, but that's growing in Portland and beyond. Um, and so I think, you know, you're starting to see some of those chefs even have more following as well. Hmm. Yeah. So it's not only where your food is from, it's who's putting your food on a plate. Yeah. And I think that's a really fun experience to go around and see all the creativity across the state. Yeah, that's awesome. And and you, you kind of teed up my follow-up perfectly for me. So obviously, uh, ben and I talk about on our show, no matter what we're talking about, it feels like sometimes Maine is two or three or four different states just because of all the uh, different geographies we have. So can you just talk about like, what are some themes you see in those different areas of Maine? I know you touched on a little bit with the coast, like, so Portland does their thing. The coast may do a little different thing. The mountains uh, way up north in the, in the potato field. So can you just kind of talk about that? Yeah. I mean, for your followers and everyone listening, Maine is a huge state, right? And it's an extremely diverse state in, you know, what is around geography, the the mountains, the forests, the oceans, the lakes. So I think, you know, some, some things a- across the state is, you know, there is great food and great experiences to be had everywhere. There's a lot of outdoor connection. Mm. Um, so whether season, you know, everyone thinks of summer in Maine, but, you know, winter in Maine as well. The number of times yeah. we've been around a bonfire, you can share a drink and you're meeting locals and, and connecting over food. I think that's an extreme commonality, you know, as we've traveled. Yeah, I think I would add to that. I think um, there's almost more similarities than there are differences, right? I mm. think some of the core of the similarities across the state all tie back to that local centricity and that that connection to the season, for sure. I mean, we a lot of the more experiential-based dining opportunities are very much rooted in the season. So what we're doing in the winter, you know, embracing being outside and cold and sitting around that campfire, like Eric mentioned, or, you know, in the summer, it's later in the evening and it's warm and you're sitting under twinkle lights or something <laughs> like that, right? It's very much embracing yeah. that time year. But I do think, you know, there is definitely still some differences as well. I think, you know, Portland is very much kind of the place that's on the map when you think about Maine. Um, And so I think it, you know, it definitely has a lot. And I think there's a lot of dining choices within the city and kind of that surrounding area um, compared to other areas that just don't have as many um, chefs and locations. But um, I think the thing that constantly surprises us is the caliber, right? Even when we're going to some of these 
more remote areas and you're like, you know, there's nowhere near as many options. They're so wonderful. Like you're, you know, you're like, wow, this is, this, this could rank in Portland, right? You know, Mm -hmm. it it could stand its own there. So um, I do think overall probably more similarities than differences. Hmm. Nice. Well, I want to ask another question here too, because it feels like as Mainers, right. And people that are residing here in Maine and we're, you know, we're here for all the seasons, right. As you said, yeah. is there, there's beauty in all of it, right. Maybe in like February, like for a couple of <laughs> yeah, weeks. Maybe that's debatable, right? <laughs> it's, it's a little less maybe of where we want to be, but you know, I, I know that obviously we all get the question where we have that family or that friend that comes from, you know, somewhere else and they come into Maine either for the first time or maybe it's I don't I only have a small window to be in Maine. And it feels like we all get the question, where should I eat? I'm from away. I want to experience Maine. So what would you guys here? You guys are the, the, the foodies here. Right. So what would you say if they had a short window and you said they wanted them to try Maine and Maine breakfast, lunch and dinner? What would you kind of steer them towards? Yeah, well, first, I would tell them to go check out our blog. Uh, (laughs) Go go look at that because we've got a a section specifically for that. But I, I think part of the recommendation when people come from away is you need to meet what they are expecting. Lobster rolls. They want water views. Um, they, they want, uh, good beer and good times. Where can I drink? So I think, you know, going along that line of thinking, you, you need to, in the back of your pocket, you, you do need to have them. So where can they go for good seafood? Yeah. Um, where can they dine out, um, and see the water? Uh, what lighthouse can they go tour and see? <laughs> what tour can they, can they go do? Because that's part of it too, right? You got to work up an appetite before you do go eat. Um, and then one other thing that as people visit and need to keep in mind when they visit is make sure you have reservations. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the population has exploded in Maine. The tourism is on fire as well. So if you do want to go and experience, have, have some reservations. Yeah. And I think um, I, I go back to those iconic foods. I think folks want you definitely lobster is number one on the list, but I think craft beer, oysters, blueberries. Um, I know we have, again, we're in Portland. So this answer will be a little bit Portland centric, but our go-to whenever we have someone visiting us is to go to Portland Head Lighthouse because I don't think, you know, anything else really personifies the main coast better than those views at Fort Williams and bite into Maine. The lobster roll food truck is there and there's just, nothing better than enjoying that lobster roll looking at the main coast. So that's, that's a definite for us when we have visitors. Awesome tips. All right. So we've now gotten, uh, so we're about 17 minutes into this recording and I think we've mentioned lobster rolls five or six or seven <laughs> times. So my question now, <laughs> we're doing it, we're doing the deep dive into lobster rolls. So, um, Obviously, there's a ton of debate here. I'll, I'll call it friendly debate. Sometimes it gets a little passionate, I think. Um, but who has the best lobster roll, right? How should it be made? What's the ratio? Lettuce to lobster. How much lobster is too much lobster? Is that a thing? What type of roll? Do we grill the roll? Is there lemon involved? Mayo? Extra crunch? So... You guys are the experts here. You volunteered to come on this show. (laughs) All right. What are your opinions on how to create the perfect lobster roll? And where have you kind of found that is your number one lobster roll so far? Yeah. So I think step one, Alexis mentioned in the beginning that, you know, when we started the main foodies, we started with an Excel spreadsheet uh, to go keep track because there are so many different offerings of lobster rolls. I think one of the first things that we did is she and I aligned on what makes a great lobster roll. Because like you said, there are so many opinions and everyone's right. right? Sure. Everyone's sure. right. So in our opinion, right, a great lobster roll starts with the lobster meat, right? There's got to be ample claw. Um, I want to be able to see it. I want um, the whole piece of it on a toasted bun, lightly chilled, little bit of mayo. Okay. So main style is ours all day long. You're going to have a large contingent that say Connecticut style with the warm drawn butter mm. is the way. It's not for us. Not for us. Um, <laughs> mayo. <laughs> mayo all the way. Mayo. Right. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sauce. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I I know I plugged it before, but I would say um, we we do really enjoy making our own at home. I will say that's been fun to go, mm. you know, get some um, either whole lobsters and then um, get the meat out ourselves, or just get lo- local lobster meat and make our own at home. Um, but if we're going to go out to get one, bite into Maine, and their main classic style roll is definitely our number one. All right. Yeah, and it's, as you have, have you have, have followers come up and, and visit Maine, and as they're around, one of our favorite things in the summer is to do a classic um, lobster bake, mm. right, in the mm. backyard, and then make sure you buy enough leftover so you can make that lobster roll for the next day or two. That's right. It's almost like Thanksgiving, right? You got to plan for the, the following days, right? <laughs> And, and, you know, that's a good point. I'll add, we actually get quite a few folks that reach out to us that are like, you know what, I actually don't want the lobster roll. I want to know where I can go for that authentic lobster dinner. Mm. You know, they want the boiled lobster. They want the mm. corn, the potato. They want they want to wear the bib, I think, right? The whole <laughs> the crackers. Yeah. <laughs> crackers, exactly. Yeah. Nice. Well, so okay, we covered lobster. So the next part, I know that we have a unique and growing donut scene, or is it, a, you know, depending on how you call it, is it a dough of actually made donut? Donut. So some are cake, some are dough, you know, all that. So there's a, obviously there's a few throwdowns right now going on around the best donuts in the state. So similar question, right? So what are the qualities you found elevate the best donuts? And where can we find some of these? Because I'm a donut fan. Let's, I'll put it out there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah but I am. I am too. I mean, I am definitely the sweet tooth yeah. in this relationship. Sweet, savory, for sure. Mm. I still love a good donut. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have a lot of opinions, and again, donuts are a very personal preference, right? So, like, I like a classic yeast donut, light and fluffy, a delicious cream filling. You know, I think donuts. What makes them fun is they're portable and they're appetizing to look at. So everyone, you know, do you want chocolate? Do you want caramel? Do you want a crunch or fruit? I think that's that's a lot of fun. Um, and we found some great spots around the state. So some of our favorites, I mean, locally here, a classic in Portland is Tony's is is a great one. Old school uh, donut shop, very classic. Yeah, yeah. Congdon's down um, down the coast a little bit in southern Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, Wells is is a great one, and then uh, Ruckus. Um, in yeah, in Rockland. In Rockland, okay. Great donuts as well, um, and they're a little bit newer. I think they just celebrated, you know, their anniversary here recently this past year. year. Yeah, and they're 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 making some pretty amazing donuts up there. Yeah. Okay, so now now okay, <laughs> so Curtis and I go to Rockland like quite a bit. I was so. literally right, there so yesterday. Donuts, yesterday, go. I was there. <laughs> yeah, it's like all right. So well, you got to go early. They sell out. I will tell you, the first time we were up on the mid coast this summer. We slept in, <laughs> and when by the time we got there, the sold out sign was on the oh, door, and no. we crushed. So we went a few weeks later, and we got there nice and early. So pro tip: don't okay. don't sleep. <laughs> okay, okay. So, but uh, obviously, so we talked about covering then the donut, right? Is like, but then we I know that there's there's things that not only make donuts unique, but then they're combined with other foods to make new dishes. So I saw a post you guys had last summer. So summer of 21, you're at Congdon's in Agunquit, and they had a honey dip donut with melty cheese hanging over a bowl of tomato bisque, which was representing a grilled cheese and tomato soup, just, just pours wow. of wow. cheese coming out of it. So I guess my question here is, what are the unique dishes have you been experiencing around donuts in Maine? Love it. And we love that dish. And that one's actually at Food for Thought in Agunquit. Oh, and gotcha. It's seasonal, okay. Yes, it's a seasonal spot down there, but they do use the Congdon's Donuts. So gotcha. great going on there. And it is truly like a grilled cheese on a glazed donut. And it's heavenly. So highly recommend everyone adding that, um, especially as you're coming into the state, right? Like yeah. you're headed up further north. That's a great little stop off. So definitely recommend uh, visiting Food for Thought. But um, I, I have to say, I think that one probably takes the cake for the most iconic donut dish that we've tried. Um, but we do love for those that ski up at Sugarloaf, um, 88 Donuts yeah. has a great little brick and mortar shop right off the beach there. And they've got the little minis. Um, they come out hot and they also have a food truck in Portland, but they're spot up there after skiing. We, we just love that. So that's, that's a, that's another favorite. So I have another question kind of moving throughout, but now I have follow-ups about the grilled cheese donut. So um, is that breakfast? Like what's the move with that? What time of day do you eat? We enjoyed that for dinner. Yeah. And I I think that's one of the things too with food. 
There are no rules. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> eat what you want when you want. Make sure you get your workout in. But, you know, <laughs> I love it. Perfect answer. Perfect answer. So obviously, kind of Ben and I in our practice here with our team, um, we have quite a few foodie clients and ourselves, I think we'll deem ourselves as being food fans um, and kind of fancy that fine dining experience, right? And you guys have a blog post out called Inspiring Must Do Main Dining Experiences. Can you just talk about what are some of the highlights from your list, including some of the foods you sampled? Yes, absolutely. We absolutely love those experiential based um, ex- dining. I'll say experiences again, but um, <laughs> we just we love it. So I think some of the highlights um, this past summer, we had the opportunity to go out to Cabbage Island Clam Bakes, which is right off the coast of Booth Bay Harbor. Okay. Um, we take you out there by boat and you spend the afternoon with that traditional down east clam bake. Um, and it was so iconic with the little rocky coastline of Maine. And they're just putting those twin lobsters on your tray. It was delicious. So that that one is a must do. Reservations definitely need to be made when they open up in April. It's a it's a tough one to grab, but highly recommend that. Um, we also had the opportunity to visit the Lost Kitchen back mm-hmm. in 2020. Um, and I think that one has probably become one of the more famous experiences in Maine yeah. um, with that really tough to get reservation by postcard. Yeah. Um, but it was it was nothing short of dreamy. And I think what Erin French and her team are doing up there is very neat. So those have been very big standouts. But gosh, we also did a Turner, Turner Farm, Farm for your birthday, which was... Yeah, so this, this past July, we went up to Turner Farm, so took a lobster boat out to the island and... Yeah, it's a lobster boat, and they take you out there. Uh, to, it's on North Haven Island, right mm-hmm. across from Vinyl Haven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. Yep. By lobster boat, and you just pull up to this island. You can see the barn kind of in the distance, and they do this farm to table experience um, right in the barn. And it was communal oh. style tables, so you got to meet. You, know, you didn't know who you were going to sit next to. Uh, we ended up meeting folks, honestly, from all around the globe that were there at this dinner. Yeah. So. It was a very cool way to connect with one another. And then talking about the mid coast, um, we actually got up to Rockland this and Rockport this summer to try Primo, mm. and that was fantastic. So I think that was one that um, it was surprising we hadn't done yet, but um, always great and so fun to explore the grounds there um, and just enjoy a glass of wine in the barn out back first. It sounds incredible. I, so I want to ask uh, kind of a follow up here. So right, we're talking about the Lost Kitchens. We're talking about the Primos. Do you guys have any just kind of tips and tricks or hacks kind of how people can go about securing reservations to places like this? I know the Lost Kitchen is unique and she does the postcard yes. thing, uh, but anything you guys <laughs> can kind of share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, definitely um, following, I know we mentioned the chefs earlier, but kind of following in some instances um, the chefs that are behind some of these experiences um, on social media is a great way. Hmm. Um, also, we'll we'll make a plug for ourselves here. We like to remind our followers when it's time to make those reservations. So yeah. you can follow us too. But I think you were saying like go with friends as well. Yeah. So Alexis is one of her strongest abilities is being organized with reservations. So I have no part in this. Um, so it's, it's really knowing there are certain restaurants, like for example, the reservations will open 60 days in advance. Mm-hmm. You need to call 60 days in advance to, to reserve your table. And so just be on top of it, make a list, know what you want to do. And then if you end up without a reservation, you know, be have your running list of which places allow walk-ins. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think though, too, if you can band together with friends, so like maybe you have some other foodie friends that you want to make these adventures with. And I think there's power in numbers by each trying to secure. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Well, I want to ask, so we've covered, we've covered donuts, right? (laughs) So we've covered lobster rolls, we've covered fine dining, I know. So this may might be more for Alexis because she's the savory person here, right? So maybe it's more towards her. But so cheeseburgers and fries, right? Iconic American Americana dish. What in your eyes? So I want to ask it a couple ways. What in your eyes is the perfect burger and French fries? And then I want you to spin it towards what's the perfect main burger and fries. I love it. Um, so I'll say, I think we can both agree similar to the lobster rolls. I think we both have, um, a similar preference and we'll go back to the ingredients, right? I think it's all about, 
um, kind of that fresh, probably grass-fed beef, um, if you're not a vegetarian and <laughs> um, going forward with that. Whose bun is it on? Yeah, whose bun is it on? That's a good one. Yeah. And I would say, I think in Portland, we definitely have a favorite, um, Wayside Tavern, which is in the West End. It's okay. inside the Francis Hotel. They make a great smash burger mm. with fries that is delicious and definitely worth trying. Um, I think if we're going to go the more Grammy iconic main route, um, High Roller Lobster in Portland also does a surf and turf burger. So it's literally topped with lobster meat. And I think, you know, that's a pretty darn iconic main burger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what's your favorite, Ben? Do you have a favorite spot? <laughs> um, I'll turn the table. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. All, right. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Um, so, all right. So, Obviously, we're around the Bangor scene a little bit more, right? Yeah. Um, so Blaze is in yeah. downtown Bangor, and they okay. have super awesome burgers. And uh, so I'm gonna go with that a little bit. There is, and, and I will say they so their their fries are, are I think they're duck fat fries yep. as well. Yep. So which I know is kind of a rip off on duck fat in Portland. I know. <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah. So Blaze is kind of my go to burger place um, in close second is mason's yeah, that was gonna be brewer. mine was mason's, mason's yeah. same okay. thing um grass-fed smash burgers a lot of double patties um different cheeses they do uh like bacon jam on it uh, yeah. just awesome so mason's yep. especially mason's has craft beer so when you pair beer and yeah. burger together so yeah. good yeah. Mason, so good. I, I don't know. Has, oh. I'm sensing maybe there's going to have to be a um, Blazes and Mason's Throwdown right. in our future, Uh-oh. and we might have to invite you guys, and we can yes. figure out oh, who, boy. who's with. All right, I love it. <laughs> Mason's is big in the fry scene too. They do a lot of different like dirty fries and loaded fries and things like that. Vinegar um, fries, theirs, yep. yeah. Yep. Oh yep. gosh, I knew I was going to be hungry, but I didn't think I'd be this I hungry. Know. Same here. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to move on from this. Um, so obviously Ben, actually I do know how, so we were just talking about Mason's and they're a burger and beer joint here and blaze is brewing beer now too, by the way, I think their Camden location is kind of their headquarter for their beer brewing. So I am a big beer guy or beer and spirits guy, I guess Ben's the burger guy of the two and I'll get, I'll worry about the drinks. Um, so I got to ask about it, right? So just kind of a general question to start off. How would you guys describe the main beer and spirits scene sort of from a common theme? Um, so common theme, I'm going to put this out there. Best in the country. Love it. Yeah. Whoa. I think, Love I it. think some of the, the beer and spirits that's coming out of Maine okay. rivals anywhere else, right? We've had the privilege of traveling to a bunch, right? So um, you think of Colorado or Asheville, mm. you know, they're, they're doing some great stuff, but For I think sure. some of our brewers and distillers up here are, you know, really just on yeah, point. And I think it's one of the things when we do travel outside of Maine, we always comment to each other, gosh, no one's doing beer like they are in Maine, right? Wow. You, you just have that expectation of what craft beer is going to taste like. And you're somewhere else where that scene isn't quite as strong. And it's like, oh, just kind of misses that mark. So um, I, I agree with you. I think definitely best in the country. I think a commonality um, across the state is most everybody is doing a New England IPA. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to find that everywhere you go, right? And some of your your some people may say, I don't like IPAs. I don't like this. That's but true. Something that I would recommend if you're not a beer drinker or you're beginning into a beer drinker, there is so much variety. So it's worth a try, worth a sampler. We mm-hmm. love a good um, flight yeah. yeah. of yeah. beer, yeah. right? See what you like. Um, there's a lot of nuance. But I do think it's very IPA, double IPA, New England style heavy. We had friends up visiting last summer um, and she, that's the one style of beer she will not drink. And it was uh, a challenge. We're yeah. like, okay, we're going we're gonna to find a spot, but Mass Landing does some nice stouts that fit the bill for that one. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, definitely um, so, so good. And I think um, also such an iconic when you think about the state of Maine and the food industry. I love it. I love it. So now I'm going to dive in a little bit. So both of you, I want you each to answer. What's your go-to craft beer company? So brewer and then kind of the signature beer that you go to. Okay. I'll start us off. This this one's gotten so popular, but I always say it's gotten popular for good reason because it was... Just my, it's one of my top favorites is uh, Tubular at Orono Brewing. That's our neck of the woods. All right. All right. I love it. So, so good. I know that's really kind of blown up um, and it's probably not as niche as some of the others we could say, but Mm. I absolutely love that. 
I, mean, I feel like you have to say at some point because it, it, it really helped put the beer on the map is Allagash Light. Yeah. I mean, there's right? nothing that, more classic. There's nothing yeah. more yeah. classic. It goes to everything. It's a little bit lighter. I mean, that's you'll see that in most places too. So when you when you leave Maine, exactly. you, can, you can distribute elsewhere. But I mean, Bissell Substance is putting out some great stuff. Mass Landing, Good Fire, Lone Pine. I mean, there, there's so many. Yeah. 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 But I'm going to go with Tubular. I love it. I love it. It's a good thing we're doing this on a Friday too. So That's right. go, not only can I go eat after this, I can go find some craft beers. Um, so another follow-up. Uh, so in the kind of distillery and signature drink cocktail market, what are your go-tos there, each of you? You know what? We, ha- we found a new craft distillery this summer that we are low-key obsessed with. And okay. it's all the way down in Wells, but it is worth the drive down there. And it's called Wild Bevy. Okay. Um, they just opened up and they are um, distilling. They're, it's their, they're their own distillery. Um, and the craft cocktails that they're putting out were fantastic. It's a beautiful space. So that one's definitely top on our list. Cocktails in general, I think we both really enjoy gin. Mm. Um, so we're, we're definitely gin drinkers, but Wild Bevy is, would be our rack in terms of a spot to check out. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. So I want to ask about, let's kind of zoom back out, right? He's done, done a lot of the foods. So let's talk a little bit about, you, you've obviously been seeing in terms of documenting food in the state of Maine, right? So I almost kind of view this as not only just from the experiential, but you're also documenting the food scene, right, in a real-time basis. So you're able to kind of look at this and kind of say, hey, here's themes and trends that are happening almost within these time periods. So I guess my question is, where do you see the food scene going, right? Is we're, we're like, based on what we're doing now, and as you said, kind of the, the experience, experience with the chef, and you're seeing more of the relationship side here happening, how, do, how does the food scene continue to evolve in upcoming years in Maine? I think that's a great question because in the gosh, two and a half years, we've been pretty plugged into it. It's amazing how it's already started to evolve. Um, I think, you know, we're definitely in that post COVID environment. So Mm. folks are very much uh, focused on that return to in person and what those experiences inside the restaurant look like. Um, I do think we're starting to see whether it's a second location or it's folks kind of moving outside of that Southern Maine area. I think that's going to start to uh, become more popular. We went to 555 North recently, which um, is kind of, you know, that longtime classic 555 staple in Portland. They're now up in Brunswick. Hmm. Um, and, and so starting to see more of that spread happen, I think there'll be more of that. Yeah. And I think generally too, take a look at what's happening to the state in general. Yeah. So you yeah. do have a lot of influx of people from away. You know, there's because of social media, the awareness around how great Maine has always been and and how great it is to come visit. I think that's really starting to push. There's going to be a little bit of a push and pull against the classics and the new school. Right. But I think there's a really fun opportunity um, and playfulness there of creativity of how chefs, how business owners, how makers can kind of reinvent how food is presented Mm. and, you know, evolve things from like a classic main experience to the new, new era. And building off of that, I think a lot of like pop-up style events and collaborations where you're seeing chefs from different places come together, maybe in a totally different location. Mm. um, That's maybe even a bit further remote and offering some of those opportunities for folks to experience. Hmm. What what I, what I think has been pretty cool, and, uh, and to your point about collaboration, is, uh, I, again, we to, you brought up Tubular, so I'll use yeah. Orna Brewing yeah. Company yeah. as an example. <laughs> but so here's Abe and Heather Firth. That, so they go down to Portland, then they team up with Auto Pizza, right? And they go, let's have a Tubular pizza, yeah. right? So yeah. let's kind of take some of the elements of the beer yes. and combine that into a pizza. And here's the pairing, and we're bringing our audiences together into something that's unique, Something that is maybe if if we didn't have this collaboration, it maybe wouldn't have existed. Existed, yeah. yes. Right? Oh, that's such a good point, Ben. And I, like another one that just popped in my head on us kind of similar lines. I think it was Alone Pine Brewing um, did something with the Holy Donut, right? So there's kind of this mm. like donut stout, things like that. That yes, like it wouldn't necessarily have existed otherwise. But it's very fun how uh, the different signs are coming. And, and I'll, I'll just kind of add, too, is, um, again, from Curtis and I, maybe a little more northern persuasion here on the state of Maine. <laughs> but I, I know from us is so we get a lot of our pull from Atlanta, Canada. Right. So yeah. we're getting a lot of um, our neighbors to the north that would 
routinely they would be coming down for shopping, food, but also our concert scene that continues to build and grow. And, and it, so it's okay, now great. becoming a here's Bar Harbor. Let's let's go camping. Let's go do the hiking. Let's experience Bar Harbor, even taking the, the cat back and forth. Mm. But yeah. then they, they go to a concert. They experience the food scene. They do. So I can see where even in the pandemic, where now the restrictions are easing between the international lines here a little bit is being able to infuse this and kind of, I'm interested to see how that grows, right? Is because yeah. we, we've been growing, as you said, is kind of this cocoon state where people are coming out to just from a drive to Maine, because that has been the destination as a drivable location. But what happens now that people have that taste of it and how it grows, maybe a little more national. So that's, I'm, I'm interested to see. So your thoughts on I that? Yeah, I love that take. I think definitely the pull from, yes, like our neighbors to the north, to your point there, um, but also, you know, even broader than that, I think Maine is just very much on the map um, globally. I think it's a spot that folks really want to come check out. Um, and so as we see more and more of that influence and again, folks moving here from away, folks continuing to visit here that maybe have never had the opportunity to do so before, that's mm-hmm. going to bring a whole new lens of creativity and, and creators, I think, to our so, so I, I got to ask a bonus question. Okay, Uh-oh. yeah. Uh-oh. So this this has been <laughs> this has been our question to our travel expert, right? So here you are, the main foodies. Mm-hmm. So obviously you don't just stay in Maine. So when you go away, right? So how are you building your foodie experience when you go outside the state? What are you looking for? How do you build it? How do you kind of again? I know what you're looking for here now, yeah. but when you go somewhere else, how do you do that? That's, I love that question because I think we spend a lot of time thinking about that. Um, but I think one of the things that we are always looking for in a travel experience is to try to really experience that place as a local. Um, so, you know, whatever um, we can do from like a day trip or a sightseeing experience, but also when it gets down to the food. I know when we're planning our own trips, we honestly look for accounts that are similar to ours that are big in, you know, that that city or that yeah. state. Um, and we'll actually reach out to them. Um, and like we were saying, that two-way dialogue is so powerful. You know, um, tell me some of your favorites. I'm coming. I've been looking at your page. Like, what about here or here? Um, and that's been a great way to really help to fine-tune, I think, our own itineraries outside of the state. Yeah. yeah and, and just like in Maine, when we go away, right, we're looking for these experiences that we yeah. can we can come back and, and talk to our family and our friends about. Um, so again, a lot of commonalities and it gives you perspective and makes you appreciate both where you live, but then also you bring back new ideas. I think that's also why it's so important to travel is it just gives you perspective. Mm, um, and it gives you a point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like I think we, we just went to um, Quebec city the other weekend for the first time. And, um, you know, when we were thinking about what we want, what we wanted to do there, we really wanted an experience. And so we ended up going to a Nordic spa because that felt very much kind of niche to that area. Um, we had a wonderful time, but like looking back on the trip, we both said the most memorable meal hands down was kind of that farm to table lunch with a glass of wine we had looking out over the spa and the river right there. So yeah. um, I think it was kind of that whole experience that brought it together for us. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we've kind of reached, uh, we're near the end or approaching the end of our conversation. We have one kind of final question for you guys. Obviously, it kind of goes back to our roots as a show, right? We're the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. So we got to bring retirement into the conversation. So I want to ask, how are you guys going to find that personal retirement success when we get to that point? Yeah, I mean, another great question. And it's something we're still exploring. Sure. Um, so- we hope we have a few more years. <laughs> no, but I think it's it's about being intentional and doing what we love and keeping that front and center. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're still working and working very hard and we schedule out our days and lives, but it's taking those moments to have fun along the journey. I think the main foodies helps us do that. And I, I think it's just, again, that perspective, like I said before, when you leave, it's just having that perspective that it's a long game. We're in it and, you know, we're not, we're not running towards retirement, but, you know, we do want to get there one day and, and 
Yeah. And I think one of the things Eric and I talk a lot about too, you know, I think this might be more generational, but I know when we look to our parents, there's kind of, there was this kind of point in time that they were working towards. Right. And then at, at this point, I'm finally going to get to retirement. And then I've got this bucket list of things that I'm going to do then. I think both of our parents are doing a decent job with that. But um, I think for us, we've kind of wanted to adopt a mindset that's you know, experiencing things along the journey of life, right? It's Mm -hmm. not so much creating this bucket list that we can only do at that point. um, But we want to be able to only amplify those experiences once we get there. So you bring up a really important theme. And I I, I commend you both for doing this is our conversation with I think a couple episodes ago with Michelle Dickinson was this was this concept. And she brought this up the point of what you're saying about your parents is that generations right now in retirement or before is it was a binge of work and to a binge of play, right? Is, is that that was the theme of I need to sacrifice today to get to that point And then I give myself permission to do this is that the generations today are saying, why does life have to be binary? Why can't we experience both of these things, which I, I get from what, who you are, what you're doing, the fun you're having. And I know, and I will say, you guys are putting a ton of work into yeah. this, right? It's it's not just you show up and all of a sudden you take a camera out and you just <laughs> take a photo and you, you're well, done. Well, you guys know from the podcast. It's a lot, lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work, right? So you've got to love this, right? So you're getting passionate about the experience and, and looking forward to it, planning it and, and doing something together, right? And this is something that we're, it's creating happiness for us. And, and I, I think from a retirement perspective, it's it's not just a retirement conversation it's a life conversation and i I think that's something where it doesn't have to be you don't have to be 62 and retiring to do this that you could do this at 20 30 40 50 60 70 80 90 100 150 hopefully hopefully yeah and it's about identifying what brings you joy yeah and like who fills you up so who do you want to be sharing this with and how do you want to be doing it and then you know go attack it go execute go go have some fun um along the way Yeah. And I love what you were saying about like less binary and just kind of more along that journey. I mean, I think it's kind of that old adage. Everyone's like, find something you're passionate about and it'll be so much easier. But I mean, it's, we're so passionate about food, food experiences and we have so much fun with it. And so it's something that, you know, we hope is in our lives for forever. (laughs) Uh, And and, and so, and again, for us, for Curtis and I, this is something where we're very privileged and able to have these conversations of let's explore life and it is in a lens of aging and retirement, but to do things of like, look, there's lessons we can learn from everybody here. And there's things that we can all take away regardless of age, whether you're 90 or 10, we should be able to kind of take these things. So thank you so much yeah. to the both of you for coming on and sharing this today. Cause it just, it, first of all, I think we all take for granted the great state we live in and the the beautiful experiences that we have available to us. And I think we all get stuck in a rut of, Hey, I always go to this diner or I go to that place or to that thing. And we, we just need maybe to get, we need to break out a little bit. So hopefully the goal of today's show for our audience is we're giving you permission right now. You can (laughs) take some notes and you can go, Hey, donut, you know, we can go uh, lobster roll. We can go find dine, whatever. Take something out of this yep. and go do it. And then while you're at it, again, either Instagram or TikTok, follow at the main foodies. That's right. Give give these uh, lovely guys an, uh, a follow. And thank you both. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for having us. This has been so much fun. Take care. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta just point out real quick how lucky we are that we just spent an hour talking about I food know. in Maine. I know. And all the the best food and drink in Maine. And again, it's we're recording on a Friday. Yeah. So that just is even we, double layered on top we gotta, of it. We got to wrap this up, Ben, because <laughs> I'm going to get some food after this. We talked about yes. those burgers downtown. So Yes. So, yes, again, a really, really a uh, pleasure to have Alexis and Eric Dirk met on. Yeah. Again, you can kind of see why, as we talked about, they're, they're just reaches exploding because it's of crazy. people just being able to say, hey, I didn't know that this was there. And then they share it with their friends or they tag their friends in it. Like, you got to check out this ooey gooey donut grilled cheese melty thing into tomato bisque. Or, know. You know, so it, it, what's cool is it just takes these very, very kind of unique experiences that you almost like have to fall on mm. and kind of tumble into and be able to go, hey, these are available. And it's 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 a you know, you can go to this restaurant yourself and go try things. So I think that's that's so cool because us in the state of Maine, it feels like we just get in the rhythm of, OK, on Friday night, we go to this place. 
this place or this place and yeah. it's my rotation yeah. and we order the similar foods at the same places and you know we've Say a lot hi of us to have the lived, same people exactly <laughs> we've we lived here our whole lives yeah. And but we have such a really building food scene here that is amazing, and there's some really great experiences. And we don't have to travel and get on an airplane to go do. We can do it right here. And that was that was really what we wanted you as our audience to get out of it today was, yeah. hey, there's some really great things, and here's Alexis and Eric kind of like sampling it all for you and highlighting the best. Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought it was really cool. Um, Real quick, when Eric was talking about kind of how their this journey started for them, he's, they were just essentially doing a journal or video diary of their own experience. And then I know we got into the conversation more about how just people in general connect over food, and that's where it kind of grew to. But they, they didn't even kind of start out with this kind of mission or goal, per se. They just wanted to remember or record for their, their own purposes, kind of where they're going and what they're enjoying. And it, it's just really cool to see how it evolved. And I will just say, we uh, we fell in love with both of them when they started talking about how they spreadsheeted their whole experience. So that, that was that was the moment I right know. there that we, good. we said, all right, you guys are our people, right? We're we're in <laughs> we're data, lockstep. Data yes. folk around here. <laughs> yes. Did you, did you do a pivot table when you did this? Yeah, or, we have or graphs whatever, going. What do we got? What do yes. We got? <laughs> bar charts. Pie, had to be a pie table, right? Because it's true. food. That's so. true. This is but, true. Yeah, I thought I thought they did a fantastic job again from uh, us being able to just introduce. There's some more things going on in our state. Um, here, here's a couple that are just highlighting things in our state, and I yeah. think that's something that we don't do very well as a group. Yeah, is we don't kind of talk about the things we're doing really well. And yeah. and I, if, when we have the opportunity to do that, we wanted to be able to bring that to you as well. Absolutely. Um, so. So I know from um, kind of a food piece here, and I didn't offer it, but I, I know we want to probably have them back in maybe oh, another yeah. year or so and get oh, an yeah. update. But so, Curse, where can people go? I know we mentioned a little bit in the in the open. Where can people go to find some more resources yeah. of uh, today's show? Yeah, absolutely. So like we do with all our episodes, we're going to have kind of a website blog page for this show. Um, that URL, it's blog.guidancepointllc.com backslash 78 so we're at episode 78 again on there you'll find not only links to our show our videos um, but you will also will have links in there uh, for the main foodies themselves so their website and blog will have their tiktok their instagram page so feel free to kind of dive in again we opened the show with telling you go to go subscribe to all their stuff and we're gonna end it that way too so again go check them out Hopefully you enjoyed having them on the show. I know we did. And again, thank you all so much again for your, your continued listenership. And we, we look forward to the rest of our conversations. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just listened to an information-filled episode of the Retirement Success in Maine podcast. While this show is about finding more ways to improve your retirement happiness, Guidance Point Advisor's mission is to help our clients create a fulfilling retirement. We do financial planning so that people can enjoy retirement and align their monetary resources to their goals. If you're wondering about your own personal success, we invite you to reach out to us to schedule a 45-minute listening session. Our advisors will have a conversation with you about your goals, your frustrations, and your problems. Make sure you check out Guidance Point Advisors on our blog, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And you can always check out more episodes of this podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And of course, keep on finding your retirement success.